Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper, and welcome to the Mental Health and Faith, A Closer Look podcast and YouTube show. Here we discuss topics around mental health and wellness, mental illness, recovery, and faith, all from a Christian perspective. There will be lots of information on this episode in the show notes, and for more information on me and my ministry in God's Corner, check out my website. That's www.ingodscorner.org. Now, if you have any topic ideas, or if you'd like to be interviewed for this program, just send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper with In God's Corner Ministry and the Mental Health and Faith A Closer Look podcast and YouTube show. I am so glad you're joining me today. In the month of January, I am going to be doing a series of episodes on the theme of all things new. Happy New Year, right? (laughs) So this time of year, we all start thinking about new things in our lives. We either have set some new goals or resolutions. Uh, We want to start the year off fresh and new and exciting. And we can do that in our spiritual lives as well. So the first topic in this series is all things new, finding a new life. Why do we need a new life? Well, this is where I could ask, do you want the good news or the bad news first? I am going to start with a little teaser of the good news, and then we're gonna get that bad news out of the way first. So this is, the gospel, this is the Gospel of John, chapter 3. You probably already know where I'm going. I'm going to read John 3, 16 and 17 from the New Living Translation. It says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. That is, okay, that is the best news. I'm giving you that up front. But there's a reason why God went to that drastic decision of sending his own son to give his life for us. We need new life because of sin. I'm going to be introducing you to some terms today that you may not be familiar with, and that's okay. Get excited. It's fun to learn new things. And even though though these terms just really hit you in the face as being religious terms, they are very beneficial to helping us understand what we mean when we say sin. That sin is the issue. It's simple and can be a little tricky all all at the same time. The first kind of sin that I want to introduce you to is called imputed sin. Sometimes it's referred to as original sin, and it's basically just that designation that we have placed on us because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. I'm going to read from Genesis 
And this is Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. The sharp, excuse me, from the New Living Translation, it's, it makes it a little bit more easy to understand. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it, if you do, you will die. But you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it could give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves, fig leaves together to cover themselves. Adam and Eve gave in to temptation to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because they wanted to know more. They wanted to be like God. And unfortunately, they were willing to go outside of God's will, outside of their communication and relationship with him, to try to get that. That's the first kind of sin, imputed sin. Because of what Adam and Eve did, we also are sinful. We have that same desire in us, don't we? We want to know more than other people. We want to be better than other people. We want to drive to perfection. And all of that, while it's good to be uh, to seek uh, to seek excellence, and I always want to seek excellence in what I do. When we cross over to being obsessed with being better than anyone else, we really are opening ourselves up to sin. So that's imputed sin. The next kind of sin I want to talk about is inherited sin. So not only are we recognized as sinful because of Adam and Eve, from that generation forward, every generation, every individual who is born, is born in sin. In other words, we have a sin nature. It's part of our nature. It's part of who we are. When we hear that question, are people inherently good or inherently evil or somewhere in the middle? According to the Bible, people really are inherently evil. Now, that's not to say that people automatically go around and become murderers or swindlers or thieves or, or something like that. It just simply means that on our own, we really kind of want to do what's best for us, don't we? We have that desire inside of us to lift ourselves up over others. We have inherited sin. And again, this is, this is biblical. I have one verse 
a short little verse that I want to read related to inherited sin. And this is from Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is a Psalm of David where he was confessing one of his deepest sins. He had committed adultery with Bathsheba and murdered her husband. It it was not a good time for David. And he was confronted about his sin. He wrote this Psalm as a form of confession and repentance. And as he's describing sin, the sin that he committed, he says these words. This is Psalm 51, verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. It's simply referring to as a human with imputed sin, that sin continues through generations. We inherit a sinful nature. That's a hard teaching. The last kind of sin I want to introduce you to is personal sin. No, there's not some big fancy religious word for this. It is simply personal sin. These are things that we do, think, or say that are not pleasing to God and honestly probably aren't really pleasing to ourselves and are probably not pleasing to anybody around us. These sinful acts that we commit, unfortunately, sometimes even on a daily basis. There are lots of passages in scripture that tell us what could be considered personal sin. I'm going to read um, some excerpts from Ephesians chapter 4, and this is verses 25 through 29, and then verse 31. Listen to this list and see if, um, see if you can relate to some of these behaviors. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. That's quite a list, and if you're like me, I know there have been many times over my life that I could check off the list that I have done some of those things. That is the bad news. But... As I said, the good news is coming, and I already gave you a hint about that. So we, if, we, if we know and if we accept that sin is the problem, sin is the bad news, and that's why we need new life. New life as forgiven people, as people who have hope and purpose and a desire to set aside the sinful ways. It's not easy, but we can. But the first step in doing all of that is recognizing that we have a sin nature, that we are sinful people. Everyone is. Recognizing it and being ready and willing to turn away from it. This is 1 John 1, 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. 
and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is what Jesus has done for us. This is how God looks over our sin and sees us as new, as having new life through his son, Jesus. Let's look at some verses now, the good news of what God has done for us. We're going to start in the book of Romans. This is chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. For all have sinned. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Isn't that beautiful? What Jesus has done for us is indescribable. It's incredible. He loved us. He gave himself up for us. On the cross, he took on our sin on himself. He took all of our sin on himself, and it was crucified away. The punishment for our sin has been made through Jesus. And all God wants us to do is believe in him. When we look to our Lord Jesus and say, thank you. Yes, I confess I am a sinner. I have imputed sin, inherited sin, personal sin. I need you. Jesus says, okay, you've got it. I'm here. I am yours. And with that, God looks at us. And our, it's as if we haven't sinned, which is incredible to me, because the Bible says that God not only forgives that sin, he doesn't even remember it. We sure do, don't we? But God doesn't. It's gone. It's removed. So that's one verse, that really important verse. Uh, I want to look at another passage or just another verse in Romans. It's Romans 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now, obviously, Jesus died over 2,000 years ago before any of us were alive. But he knew. He looked forward through time. God looked forward through time. He knew. He knew we would be here today. He knew I would be teaching this to you today. And he knew that you have sin in your life and that that sin would have to be paid for. And so Jesus did. He did that for us. While we were still sinners, not even, uh, you know, not even waiting for us to be born and realize the sin we have in our lives. It is, it's just incredible to me what he did for us. 
So how can we experience this new life in Christ? Well, first, as I said, we confess our sin, we acknowledge our sin, confess our sin, repent and turn away from it, and receive Jesus into our hearts as our Lord and Savior. We start living for him because of what he's done for us. And I can tell you, throughout my life, I have learned over many years that God's way is always best for me. I want to give my life to him. I want to see where he, where he takes me, how he moves me. I want to see that. This is Galatians 2, 19 through 21. And it does start off by talking about the law because, you know, we tend to be, at least I know, I tend to be a rule follower. If I just do everything right, then I should be fine. But that's not how it works. Remember, even if we don't have any personal sin in our life or we don't see the personal sin in our life, we still have that imputed sin, that inheritance sin, that sinful nature. That is under the surface. It can come out at any time. We still have sin that needs to be counted for. And it's not about following the rules. So this is Galatians 2, 19 through 21. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. I really wanted to include that last verse there, verse 21, because it, it is just really hard in our human state to grasp the fact that there is nothing we can do to earn God's love and grace. There's nothing we can do to earn it. It is a free gift. It's available to us. The grace of God brings meaning to life. We've come full circle now. I want to finish one more time with reading a little longer passage in John 3. I'm going to read 16 to 21 this time. And I want you to listen. I want you to listen closely to what Jesus is saying. These are Jesus' words to someone who was searching for him, who is trying to understand. Someone who gave his life to studying the law and wanted to live by the law. And he's tr he was trying to search and understand that difference that's, that's hard for us sometimes. So listen to these words of Jesus. Are they for you today? John 3, 16 through 21. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. 
There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. God gives us a choice to stay in the dark or to come into the light, to live in the light, to dwell with the light. Have you made that decision to follow Jesus Christ with your life? Are you walking in the light? It's a wonderful place to be. I'd like to pray for us before we end the episode. And I'd like to make a suggestion. Feel free to ignore this if you want to. But one thing when I'm praying that I like to do sometimes is to open my palms to the Lord. Just as a symbol that I am offering myself to him. That I am wanting to receive his spirit, his presence, that I'm giving myself to him. If you have never tried that, I invite you to open your palms to the Lord. Invite him to be here for this prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We are in awe of you and your amazing plan to save us. Lord God, you created us, and then sin entered the world. But you still love us so much, and you want a relationship with us. And Lord God, to have that relationship with you, you need to see that we recognize your Son is the only way that we can have that relationship with you. He is the one that paid the penalty for our sin. He is the one that makes us holy in your eyes. So, Lord, I ask that if there is anyone listening today or watching today, that you would touch their heart, that you would let them know you're here and you are ready to enter their lives. Lord God, I also do confess that I am a sinful person. And if there is any sin remaining in my life right now that I need to be aware of, please bring it to mind and please forgive me. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, and invite you to be my Savior, to be my Lord, to be my light in this world. Thank you, dear God, for all the many blessings you have poured out on us through your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll have some resources in the show notes. And please email me anytime at carolyn at ingodscorner.org. That's my first name is spelled C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E at ingodscorner.org. 
godscorner.org. All words together, lowercase. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your salvation story. I'd love to hear if this podcast made a difference for you. And please join me for another episode next week. We will be continuing the All Things New series. I hope you'll join me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And don't forget, there's even more information in the show notes. You'll want to check those out. Now, please join the conversation on mental health and faith. Leave your comments or send me an email with your thoughts, questions, or suggestions. I really look forward to hearing from you. May God bless your journey.